Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. The $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan includes tens of billions of dollars for tribal nations, a change from the last COVID relief plan. When we passed the CARES Act, we fought for $20 billion for tribes. We got eight. And so the need is great. That was Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland, who will join us shortly. We'll also hear from local tribal leaders about the relief plan and the pandemic. Twenty-two federally recognized Native American tribes call Arizona home. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported last year that American Indian or Alaska Native peoples were contracting COVID-19 three and a half times more than non-Hispanic whites. The disparity can be tied to a number of underlying conditions, but also shown a light on the chronically underfunded services seen across tribal lands. The CARES Act, signed into law by President Trump, sent $8 billion to tribal governments and an additional $2 billion of emergency funding to federal Indian programs. The American Rescue Plan Act, signed last month by President Biden, allocates $31.2 billion for tribal communities. The U.S. Department of Interior oversees many of the federal programs that work with tribal nations. Interior Secretary Deb Holland, the first Native American to lead a cabinet-level department, told us the American Rescue Plan is the largest single investment the U.S. has ever made in Indian country. $900 million for the Bureau of Indian Affairs. And that includes direct aid payments to tribal governments and funding to address concerns related to housing and potable water. COVID hits, people are supposed to wash their hands. So many households in Indian country don't have running water. Or if they have water, uh, it's polluted. You know, water is a human right. It's the year 2021, so I'm so grateful to President Biden for including the funding for Indian tribes for housing and and water. You mentioned water, and that may be something that some of our listeners are surprised to hear, that in a lot of tribal lands, there's not potable water coming into the house as it is uh, in so many other places, and this is a good start, it sounds like, uh, to fixing that problem. Absolutely. I remember way back when uh, my grandmother didn't get uh, running water to her home until the mid-70s, and it's 2021, and still a lot of Indian tribes don't have running water. So we're going to do our best to make sure that we're working with tribes that they can get this water to the folks who need it. On this infrastructure, and we have seen around the country during the pandemic, a lack of internet access. I assume that's a problem on tribal lands also, and will this help get folks who are living on tribal lands uh, better access to the internet, which has become now so important? You may have heard about the American Jobs Plan, and uh, broadband internet service is part of that plan. There are some tribal governments that are still using dial-up. These are actual governmental systems that don't have broadband. They're using dial-up. A storm comes, it sets the service out of whack, and they're unable to do business. So with broadband Internet service, if every tribe had that already, 
uh, they would have been able to take opportunities for telehealth during this terrible pandemic. If we had telehealth opportunities for rural communities and tribal communities, they would have been able to attend their doctor visits as usual, and we'd be in a much better place. When the federal government passed the CARES Act at the beginning of the pandemic, you were still a member of the House. What do you think was learned between the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan, especially with regards to tribal areas? When we passed the CARES Act, we fought for $20 billion for tribes. We got eight. The need is great, and that's something I think we've learned to make sure that tribes have the funding they need to make sure their communities are healthy, too. And and if anything, we've seen tribes have really launched into ensuring that they're getting vaccinations to folks in their communities. They've done uh, an impressive and admirable job of that, and we just need to make sure that they can continue to get through this terrible time with the COVID-19 pandemic, and we're going to do whatever we can to make sure they get there. In looking at the website for the Bureau of Indian Affairs, which comes under the Department of the Interior, it said with regards to the American Rescue Plan that people from the Bureau will be reaching out to tribal governmental leaders all across the country How are those meetings going? And the fact that it got put on the website sounds like this is maybe a new idea. Well, it should be a new idea. We should always be doing tribal consultation with Indian tribes across the country. We did tribal consultation for the American Rescue Plan. It should have always been happening. President Biden has made that a priority for his administration, and and we are going to do everything we can to carry out his policies, and tribal consultation is high on the list. I saw he actually sent out, he being President Biden, sent out a memo to all department heads that said anything that uh, deals with tribes, you need to talk to the tribes no matter what the department is, and that seems like a bit of a change an all-of-agency approach, and we're so happy. The Bureau of Indian Affairs falls under the Department of the Interior. We absolutely are committed to making sure that we keep those relationships alive, but of course, all of the federal government, you know, tribes don't live in a box. They, they have economic development, they have transportation issues, they have health care, education, all of those things. When you were nominated and eventually confirmed, representation became a big part of the discussion around all of that, with many people saying your appointment marks a change in the wind. Do you agree with that? I think it does. President Biden has the most diverse cabinet in the history of our country. And if there's anything that I've learned about representation, it truly does matter. You need all different perspectives coming together at the same table to discuss how we move forward, how we include every voice in our country to make sure that people are represented properly. With representation in mind and the directive for all the agency heads to talk to tribes when an issue involves tribes, do you see discussions, realistic discussions happening on things like removing parts of the wall that President Trump built, for example, here in Arizona goes across sacred land to the Thana Atum Nation. Uh, do you see those types of discussions happening with this new 
attention being given to tribal nations? Well, I can't say about what specific issues have been raised with tribes in the various departments across the federal government, but I can tell you that tribal voices are extremely important to the whole of government, to all the agencies, and uh, we're committed to ensuring that President Biden's promise to tribes is carried out, and I'm sure that tribes are going to raise the issues that are important to them, and they absolutely should, and they should see movement on those issues. I know that uh, we have many more tribal consultations ahead of us, and and I, I look forward to implementing those from our department, and I know that cabinet secretaries across the government will also. That was Secretary of Interior Deb Holland. The Thana'a'atham Nation lies just west of Tucson and accounts for roughly half of Pima County. As of the end of last month, the nation had reported about 2,000 COVID-19 cases and 69 deaths. Thana'a'atham Chairman Ned Norris Jr. told Congressman Raul Grijalva last month that previous COVID relief funding was problematic. The CARES Act, the, the funding that became available through the previous administration, that to some extent was a nightmare. We spoke with Chairman Norris again this week. He told us the U.S. Department of Treasury wasn't giving clear instructions when it came to those initial rounds of relief. It wasn't providing us the kind of directives that we needed. And we knew that we had a lot of responsibility once we received the funding. It took several weeks, if not a couple months, before we actually finally received enough background information to begin to use the funds in a way that we felt comfortable enough that we were going to be able to ensure accountability on our end once we started utilizing those funds. Does it appear that the American Rescue Plan, the new money that is going to come from Washington, will be a little more clear on how to use it and the guidance from Treasury? I think it's it's much more clear in the sense that the Treasury office just recently hosted a a consultation with tribes, which afforded us the opportunity to share with them uh, what what worked and what didn't work with regards to uh, guidance or directives coming out from the Treasury with the previous administration. There were processes that were imposed on us that um, either didn't work, wouldn't work, couldn't work, or were unclear to us. What was the Thana'atham Nation able to use the, the CARES Act money, that last big slug of money, for? Well, a number of things. First and foremost, what was really critical to us was the ability to protect the tribal citizens of the Thana'atham Nation. Obviously, we were we were concerned about having equipment, having the PPE requirements. We utilized the funds for providing, eventually providing some hazardous pay for essential workers. Um, we were able to provide some financial resources to our tribal districts. Within our, our reservation, we have uh, 2.8 million acres of reservation land and about 11 political districts. 
It would be equivalent to like your city governments or your county governments. Uh, many of our Autumn families live in what I'll refer to as extended family relationships, where it's not typically just your your mom, dad, brother, sister, so on and so forth. Many of our family units in, include uh, mother, father, uncle, aunt, brothers, sisters, nephews, nieces, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and so on and so forth. And so someone that was not, uh, that had been tested positive didn't have a very secured ability to isolate uh, themselves from the rest of the family unit. And so we established some locations as uh, temporary quarters for folks to be able to stay for their 15-day quarantine. Do you feel like this new plan, the American Rescue Plan, will just continue those things? Obviously, needs do change over time, or will it help you take care of things that maybe you know six months ago you didn't even know you needed to take care of necessarily, but times change? The American Rescue Plan Act, you know, we, uh, we greatly appreciate uh, the opportunity for the additional funding to address this pandemic uh, situation, and also the ability to address broader health and economic and social issues. And it's those uh, uh, health, economic, and social issues that we're having to deal with as a result of the virus. Currently, the nation, the Yalatham Nation, is participating in uh, consultations in how uh, the funds from this act will be dispersed to the nation and its programs, the the local programs with the health department, tribal health department, tribal uh, health care, hospital, law enforcement, uh, infrastructure, and other, and other departments or programs within our tribal nation. There are also funding opportunities that have uh, more specific uses, uh, such as education with libraries, with broadband connectivity, uh, vaccine distributions, housing, and nutrition. And one of the things that really has had its uh, has had a significant impact on our on our ability to communicate is the fact that you know we've got 2.8 million acres and it's extremely remote. We uh, we don't have the infrastructure necessary to to establish connectivity with uh, our tribal communities. Our schools on the reservation shut down, and so they're trying to attempt to do uh, virtual learning. But many times the tribal students didn't have access to broadband, didn't have access to, to Wi-Fi, didn't have access to uh, a computer, let alone. And so we're hopeful that the broadband portion or connectivity issues would be able to assist us in establishing um, the infrastructure necessary so that way we can we can provide those services to our tribal citizens. There are already uh, great needs on our on our tribal nation before the pandemic hit, and we see these funds as an opportunity to address the great harm that uh, the virus has caused for for our communities. But there is still much work that needs to be done. Uh, to address the longstanding uh, disparities that our tribal citizens continue to endure. We now have Secretary Holland at the Department of Interior 
the issues surrounding Quito Bikito Springs in the Oregon Pipe National Monument, which falls under the Interior Department, do you think there will be a change, uh, maybe a pathway to fight the border wall near Quito Bikito Springs now that Secretary Holland is at the Department of Interior? The autumn and our ancestors, the Hohokam, have lived in this region since time immemorial. And there are remnants of our ancestors uh, within and outside of our current uh, reservation boundaries. There were numerous times that we raised concerns to Department of Homeland Security, Customs and Border Protection about the the potential to to desecrate, to to harm, to negatively impact ancestral remains of our of our people along uh, the uh, footprint of the of the border wall. Uh, there has never been any consultation with the with the Trump administration on this issue. There have been lip service. There has been I would refer to as check the box sections or sessions with with different folks. Uh, it seems as though all of our pleas, all of our efforts, all of our, to us, to me, during, during my term in, in, in raising these concerns, seem to fall on, on deaf ears. Um, so we are hopeful, you know, that with the, uh, the confirmation of uh, Secretary Holland, that we're going to at least have have uh, at least a foot in the door uh, on some critical and sensitive issues that are important to us and, and our obligation and duty to protect the remnants of our of our ancestors. And um, the Autumn Nation is committed to policies that ensure this senseless desecration never happens again. And just to add that, you know, uh, Secretary Holland's appointment is is a historic moment. Um, not just for the Thonautham Nation, but for all tribal nations throughout the United States. She brings a very unique and long overdue perspective to the department, which really, is, as I'm sure hopefully you realize, has a very critical role uh, with tribal governments. But in the times that I have met her, she has shown a fierce determination to protect the environment and to protect the rights of indigenous people during her time in Congress. We expect for her to demonstrate that same commitment in her new role as Secretary of Interior. That was Ned Norris Jr., the chairman of the Thana A'atham Nation. In March, Deb Holland became the 54th Secretary of the U.S. Department of the Interior and the first Native American to hold that or any other presidential cabinet position. Many people hailed her confirmation as a step forward for the country, but also a step towards rectifying sometimes traumatic relationships with tribes. Dr. Octaviana Trujillo was the first woman to chair the Pasquayaki tribe, which is just southwest of Tucson. She's now a professor of applied indigenous studies at Northern Arizona University. She says while she was chair, the tribe's relationship with the federal government was, in her words, just okay. During my tenure on the Pasquayanki Tribal Council, we had a class action lawsuit against Governor Simon Ten, 
the reason why there was a lawsuit by the tribal nations wanting to have a seat at the table with the governor to draw out the first gaming compact for class three gaming for the state of Arizona. And the governor would not sit at the table. So there was a lot of uh, going back and forth between Tucson, Arizona and Washington, DC, like actually meeting at that time with the Secretary of the Interior, the former governor, Bruce Babbitt, to deal with this very sensitive topic. I know you're not on the tribal council anymore, but it seems like once someone is in a level of government, they always know what's going on, at least to some level. Do you think relations between the Pasquayaki or tribal governments in general have gotten better, have gotten worse, have stayed the same since your time when you were on the council? Well, obviously they have gotten better. Now tribal leaders do have a seat at the table. I hope that tribal consultation continues in a very respectful and meaningful way. Sometimes you may have tribal consultations by these state agencies, federal agencies, but they may not always be the best tribal consultation. I think we find that time and time and again. When you say the best tribal consultation, is there a concern or does it happen that smaller tribes like the Pasquayaki don't always get a seat at the table because the larger tribes, the well-known tribes, the, the Navajo, sometimes get passed over just because you're smaller and, for lack of a better term, less famous? Well, there's been concern in the past that those that uh, are appointed within the Bureau of Indian Affairs, they may have those uh, individuals, a staff, appointed staff to these important positions who may not be very familiar with smaller tribal nations. The new administration is really looking at equity. Equity issues may be resolved, I think, a little bit uh, differently with the new administration. That is our hope. We're talking with Dr. Octaviana Trujillo. She was the first chairwoman of the Pasquayaki tribe in the 1990s and is now a professor of applied indigenous studies at NAU in Flagstaff. Do you think that Secretary Holland's appointment as Secretary of the Interior signals a change in how the country is going to look at Native American issues at this point? Obviously, she's already had an important trip down to uh, Utah. She is someone who is very familiar with the indigenous worldview to sacred sites, traditional ecological knowledge. She's not having to, to get up to speed on what does that mean, spirituality, sacred sites. She is an indigenous woman that already has that worldview, that understanding, that spiritual connection, which makes it very different from other secretaries of interior. How do you think the historic nature of the fact that Secretary Holland is now Secretary of the Department of Interior will impact her administration and tribal governments going forward? Well, it's the first time that we have had a Native American to lead this very important department, the first time. And yet when we know, and when you talk about 
ARFA, the American Rescue Plan Act, it's the first time that federally recognized tribes are going to be given federal dollars to address so many of the issues, challenges that we have in Indian country the first time. And I think this is what's going to be very important historically, that there will be major, major funding to really truly do the rebuilding of tribal nations because of what has happened with American policy, early policy toward American Indians. As we said, you were the first woman to lead the Pasquayaki tribe. Um, she is, of course, you know, the first Native American and a woman uh, to be head of the U.S. Department of Interior. Do you think she's going to get more pushback than other secretaries have? Or is she going to be in with the Washington game and working right along? Well, I think anyone that's new to Washington, D.C. is never going to be in with uh, typically the good old boy network. That's just what it is right now. I don't think uh, anyone would argue that it's not. I think she and others are making changes and really are, are making inroads and in making changes to how government serves all peoples, all Americans. And so I'm excited about that. And yes, she's gonna have those challenges, but she's, she has come to, to become the Secretary of the Interior with a lot of knowledge, experience, and I'm sure she will also tap and consult with tribal leaders as well as staff that have all the experience uh, that is needed to be able to to deal with the many, many issues, the many, many areas that she will be addressing and serving as one of the, the largest U.S. departments of our government. That was Octaviana Trujillo, the first woman to chair the Pascuayaki tribe and a professor at NAU. And that's the buzz for this week. The buzz is taking a short break while we work on future stories. While we're off, you can find all our archived episodes online, as well as some new, shorter looks at topics we'll explore in-depth in the future. To find those episodes and updates, visit our website. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. Emma Gibson is the show's interim producer and editor. Vanessa Ontiveros is our production assistant. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. Duncan Moon is our interim news director. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.